0: All right, well, praise God. Get your Bibles out. Oh, come on, we can do better than that on Memorial Day. Get your Bibles out. We should be excited to go to the Word of God, so we need a whoop, whoop this morning. So, Acts chapter 5, verse 1, It's where we're headed this morning. Okay, I preached a message last week. I was really shocked. I didn't get any ugly emails or nothing. I don't know if everybody's too scared to send me one or what, but I didn't get anything off of it. Talking about useful fools. And uh, if you didn't hear that message, you need to go back and listen to it. Um, but basically, the, the, the gist of the message was, is that a useful fool, the Bible says, is a person who is unwise. And then I, I told you what an unwise person is, what the traits of an unwise person is, so that we won't be unwise people. Amen? And so this morning, I'm kind of playing off that message some. Because uh, this message, it may seem kind of uh, whatever, um, I don't know, it may be a little drastic to you, I don't know, but I, I, I feel like I was just, as your pastor, uh, and or if you just wandered in here this morning, <laughs> sorry, I'm not holding back, I don't want to preach nice messages, I don't want to just be a nicey-nicey, I don't want to just come in here and tell you God loves you, He does you know, but that can't be the message of time. We've got to, I've been preaching this for so long, we've got to wake up, we got to wake up, we got to wake up, we've got to wake up, to wake up. And, and you have to realize there's people watching from all over the world right now, and so, you know, don't think, oh, pastor, he's just picking on us. There's everybody out there in the world watching, but we've got to wake up, and uh so I, I want to show you some things this morning. I want to help you. I, wanna, I want to encourage you and to help you and to show you how to stay out of the trap that I feel like is coming so strongly upon the, the world. And so I want to just read a couple of stories here. Acts chapter five, verse one. It's a story of Ananias and Sapphira is where we're going to start. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with, with Sapphira's wife sold a possession And they kept back part of the proceeds. And his wife, also being aware of it, they they brought a certain part of it and they laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, and asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all and they heard these, that heard these things. The young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now, it was about the third hour when the wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her and said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, well, yes, we that for so much. And Peter said to him, how is it you've agreed together? to test the spirit of the Lord. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed at his last, and the young men came in, found her dead, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. You know, as I was reading this, two things jumped out at me. One is, is that the young men came in and carried him out. Obviously, the old men said, I can't pick them up, man. You get them out of here. The other one was that is this event took place in church. I want to read you another story. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Luke 431. Y'all don't get scared. Don't run for the doors. They're locked anyway. You can't get out. No. Just kidding. Luke 431. It says, then he went down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and was teaching them. This is Jesus on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out the loud voice saying, let us alone. Why, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him, and it did not hurt him. And when they were all amazed and, and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, they come out of, uh, and they came out. And the report about him went to every place in the surrounding regions. Again, do you notice that this event took place in church? right? Now, the first story with Ananias and Sapphira, if you go back and you look at Acts chapter 2 and 3, the early church being formed and started, that people started going out and they were selling possessions, selling land, selling whatever, and they were distributing. So Ananias and Sapphira somewhere or another got this idea that they wanted to look good in front of the people, right? They wanted to look like, oh, look look what we're doing. So they sold this piece of land. They went, look at us, look at us. And, and they wanted to do that, but they didn't really want to give that much. So they lied about it. Okay. Now, this man right here, the second story, who had an unclean spirit. I mean, go figure, whatever that is. Right. But something he shouldn't have been doing. But he's in the middle of church. But he jumps up and the demon manifests in him. And he starts to speak out to Jesus and said, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Now, the interesting thing is that the demon may have been the only one that knew what was going on that day. Right. But the point is, is this took place in church. This took place where people should have been free. Are you with me? Why were Ananias and Sapphira? What was going on in them? In other words, that their hearts are are, are wicked because they're in the place where they should have been getting good teaching. Y'all following me? So what happened was, I can tell you, somewhere along the line, a whisper came into them. A whisper. Now, I've told you all this before. We've looked at the scriptures and multiple messages in the past that the Bible says that in the last day, deceiving spirits are going to come upon the earth. There's going to be doctrines of demons and deceiving spirits going to come. People are going to get deceived. They're going to do what they do, but they don't realize what they're doing is wrong. Why? Because they get a whisper. They get something that they hear in their ear. I preached a message years ago about the sin of familiarity and that the whole point of the message was is that we get so familiar with the things of God, we get so accustomed to reading our Bibles, we get, just take it for granted, you know, that the Bible's there, take it for granted that, uh, you know, we, we can go to church whenever we want to, take it for granted uh, our relationship with, with, with Jesus and everything that then it just becomes a, so familiar that we actually turn it into sin. Because we don't, we don't, I mean, folks, listen to me. Not a one of us deserves to go to heaven. I don't care how good you think you are. Without the blood of Jesus, you're not going to make it. Not a one of us deserves to stand in this room and worship God, to even come into his courts and worship him. None of us do without the blood of Jesus. And we get, we get into sin because we get familiar with God, familiar with the things of God. And I think that's what's wrong. Or one of the things that's wrong with America. We've gotten so familiar with the things of God that we didn't count it an issue that they took the Ten Commandments down off the classroom walls. When can it ever be wrong to teach children that they shouldn't steal? When, when, when should that ever be wrong, that you should teach children that you shouldn't murder? Covet your neighbor's things, you know? Did y'all see the one... I'm sorry, the Bible tells me not to rejoice when something bad happens to somebody that's not the right attitude, but I laughed this week when I saw the Atlanta city councilman who was giving a big speech about they needed to fund the police, they needed to get rid of the police, and two kids went down there and stole his car right out in front of him. <laughs> and I had to say, me yeah, okay. Yeah, that don't yeah, that's a good one. So now go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Now, there's you may have heard this terminology, the big reset. There's there's a lot of stuff out on the internet about the big reset, you know, basically, you know, whatever. They're gonna take everything. And so I don't I I'm not here today to tell you about anything. I'm not here today to tell you about You know, when I say anything, I'm telling you about the gospel, about the word. I don't know about finances. I'm not telling you about go buy gold. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm about today. Okay, I don't know what. I don't even know how to do that. Okay, and so, but what I am going to tell you today is what I think the big reset that needs to take place, and that's the reset within our minds. Okay, if there's a reset button anywhere in your brain, you need to punch it today as I preach this message. Because there's a few things that are, we got some wrong thinking in our heads. And my point is, is Ananias and Sapphire they went in there and they had some wrong thinking. If they had to push the reset button before they went in there and said, uh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Because let me just set this up for you. Everybody's praying for revival. Oh, God, send revival. I want to see revival. I want to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay, that's exactly what was happening In Acts chapter 5. And because of the anointing and the power and the presence of God, and this thought that Ananias and Sapphira had, they dropped dead. So I'm asking y'all, are your hearts clean? And if the power of God's fallen, or is anybody in here going to drop dead? Am I going to have to have the EMS van just hanging outside? Somebody drops down, you know, like, I mean, comes into church. I mean, you think about it. I've been in situations and in meetings before where I, Literally felt the fear of God upon me that I, I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to just, I just sat there because I was like, oh my gosh, you are in the building in a strong way, Lord. I was just always over there saying, I plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> because I realized that when the power of God shows up like this, wait a minute, hearts are revealed. Peter didn't kill Ananias. Ananias. The spirit of God was so strong and so powerful in there, the wickedness that he thought in his heart. Now, now, listen to me, folks. Listen to me. You're not, to, you're not supposed to put a number on sin, you know, like a murder is a 10 and, you know, you kick the dogs, a, you know, 0. 0.5. All right. You're not supposed to do that. But I wouldn't have put this that high up on my category list. And it costs them their lives. If there's any big reset that needs to go on, it's a reset within our own brains about how many of us have taken God for granted. Taken the word for granted that we can go get get a Bible and go get translations. We got time. We have time to read it. And we don't. We have time to pray and we don't. We have time to worship and we don't. We get distracted with the things in the world. Okay? I'm at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Now, I want to read you something here to shock you. He's talking about the end times. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow in their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. The days that we're entering into are, are days of deceptions. And unless we're keen and we're sharp, and in line with this power and the spirit of God, we're going to get deceived. I mean, I, I don't hear any amens, but I, I, I don't know what y'all are thinking. I don't want to say, well, get off of it, preacher. Come on, tell me something good. I'm just telling you, we've got to wake up. We all, all the body of Christ around this world has got to wake up and realize what is taking place and what is going on. Never in life, I can't tell you how to prepare you for your financial future By hoarding this or doing that or doing this. But I can certainly tell you, you better be prepared for your future by knowing Jesus in a greater way than you've ever known him before in your life. You better be praying more than you've ever prayed. You better be reading more than you've ever read. You better be studying more than you've ever studied. You better right now have your mind set and push the reset button on your head of what is important and put your relationship with Jesus as the number one most important thing in life. These aren't the days to have offenses. These aren't the days to get angry. These aren't the days to get yourself lost in fighting and, 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 and bickering about what's going on. Today's are the days to just sit down and say, Jesus, I think you said you're going to take me by the hand and you're going to lead me through this. You're going to get me from point A to point B. Jesus, you're the answer to life. You're my strength. You're my shield. You're my portion. You're my everything. And start getting to where you know him so great that you'd be ready to jump right in the middle of any fire. Because you know he's with you, okay. So how do we do it? Now I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to just say this is what you need to do, and I'll give you eight points this morning. You can write them down, and you can apply them to your life. Because if I don't teach you something that, that you can apply to your life, then I'm hadn't done any good. So this is not point one. This is just how are we going to do this? We have to walk in the Spirit, okay. Romans 8, 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. We have to walk in the spirit. You have to be in tune with the spirit. You have to be in tune with what God is doing. All right. But how do we do that? Point number one, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. There's only one way you're going to make it. And you have to look to Jesus. Jesus. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despises his shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, folks, what I believe that we're going to see in the future is not going to be just turmoil caused by different ideologies i believe what we're going to see in the future is the deception rising more and more and more and and, and and the deception rising to a point that you as christians are becoming the bad thing the thing that must be gotten rid of and stopped i believe that you were the problem you were the cause of of their irritation for getting done what they want done in life, it's you. Now, I believe with all of my heart, I do believe this, that America is not as bad off as television would wanna tell us it is, the media would wanna tell us it is. I believe there's a lot of God-fearing people. I believe today on a Sunday morning, on a Memorial Day, there's a lot of God-fearing people. I believe there's a lot of flag-waving Christians I believe there's a lot of of good, strong people with moral values and conservative values in this land. All right? But I'm just not so sure how well they'll stand up to the deception coming unless we get prepared and unite together and get people to wake up. Okay? Let me just give you a few for instances. These are hypothetical events that could take place. Okay? Just throwing out a few. Churches could be condemned to where uh, you're not a nonprofit anymore because you don't do same-sex marriages, so therefore you lose your tax status, and so therefore all the tithes and offerings that you give are no longer taxed up, well, neither is the church uh, exempt from paying tax. So you say, well, yeah, that could happen, but, you know, I'm going to still give and I'm still going to do what God told me to do. Okay, well, God bless you because you're awake and you see it, Right? How many churches will fall? you think about it, how many churches would fall 'd be i I, I want to tell you I, I believe there'd be a lot okay I'm just saying events like that could take place that quick. How about something even crazier? Alien spacecraft lands right in Washington <laughs> The Bible says that when in the end days, there are they're, they're going to be false prophets rise up, and they're going to be doing miracles and signs and wonders in such a way that people are going to be deceived. And he says, if, if God didn't step in and intervene, even the very elect themselves would be deceived. So it's a pretty impressive deception. You know, it's not just like some magician trying to do a card trick and the whole time he can see it in his sleeve. It's pretty impressive. So all I'm saying is that OK, you know, they get you at your pocketbook and then they, something else happens. I'm just saying, folks, listen to me. I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. If people aren't truly sold out looking to Jesus and he is the answer to their life and there is no way they're going to. I mean, nothing can shake them off of that. That's the kind of faith we have to have. You may be deceived. So the first thing we have to do is we have to put Jesus as the first place in our life. Our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is number one. That's it. There, you not. I'm not going to change. See, person like me, there's no change. I, I can't change. I've been too far down this road. This is not just something I do. I definitely don't want to do this to make a living. I, I, this is not what I chose. I, I would, you know, I got lots of other things I would want to be. But I believe it with all of my heart. I believe Jesus called me. I believe Jesus told me I'm supposed to hear all the gospel. I believe that's, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm going to do it for all the days of my life. And you ain't going to change me. It's the same story that I've told you before. Like my Russian brothers over when I was in Russia uh, back in 91 and, and, and through there with them when the wall just came down, they would tell us the story of the people coming into town. You know, they'd come into town and they'd drag the grandfather out. They'd not even talk to him, just shoot him in the head right there in the snow. He didn't fall. They'd get the father out, just load him in a truck and send him to a relocation camp that was in Siberia and they'd never see him again. And then they'd take the sons and they'd bring them out and they would keep them because they thought they might could mold them and get them to believe whatever the communist doctrine was. But the old man, they knew they couldn't do anything with him. They shot him in the yard. And I listened to story after story after story of them telling me, coming, them coming to their house, lining them up out in the yard, and shooting their, their grandfather in front of them. We've never experienced anything like that. Okay, the second thing. Matthew six thirty three. Jesus is speaking, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The second thing is you have to do in life to get this going. First one is you got to make God number one, you got to make your relationship looking unto Jesus, Arthur, and finish your faith. Number two is you got to seek his kingdom, not yours. The problem with Americans is we've been seeking our own kingdom. We've been trying to build our own kingdom and our own things the way we want it. We want our kingdom built, our house, our ranch, our whatever, our business, our whatever. This is the way we're going to do it. We're going to work this way. We're going to do all this. We're going to get this place. We're going to get to retirement. Then we're going to retire and play golf and try to figure out what to do. That's our kingdom. All right. People have different deals and there's nothing wrong with having a goal and there's nothing wrong with that. But is, are you building your kingdom or his kingdom? You gotta be building the kingdom of God. Listen to me, folks. That Carmen Rivera right there that we just had the the deal on right there, I wanna build those kind of kingdoms. I wanna know, it blesses me so much, and I get excited just to know that we're all involved in this, and that kid, that's the kingdom of God being built and established, helping somebody else, right? All right. So then ask yourself the question Whose kingdom are you building? Whose kingdom are you building? Number three, now you're not going to like this one. Colossians chapter three, verse two. But I don't apologize for it because if you don't get number three down, you won't make it. And I want to see y'all make it. I want to see you make it. Do you know that? I am for you, not against you. Colossians three, two says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. If you don't learn to control your thoughts, You won't make it. You said, what do do you mean, pastor? I'm talking about if the devil can get you off. Ananias and Sapphira heard a whisper, and it cost them their life. I believe in the days ahead that if you don't listen and recognize what the voice is that's speaking to you, if you don't recognize it as that's demonic, So when you wake up in the morning, you just don't feel good, and you hear that voice say to you, you know, nobody loves you. You don't say, shut up, devil. I know you're a devil. I just feel kind of blue today. I don't know. I don't think we're going to make it. I don't know if I love my husband or my husband loves me. You better start getting control of those thoughts. You better quit thinking about the things on this earth. And you better start thinking about what God, what's going on right there. You better get control of your mind. You better, you better call it what it is. It's a demonic whisper. Somebody calls you up and says, did you know I was down there in the coffee shop the other day and so-and-so was talking about you and they said this. And I can't believe they said this. And you're like, they said what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to tear them up. Oh, let me just give them to me. Ah, tear them, limb blam, limb. limb. And then you think about it all day long. and You just get yourself all irritated and just get yourself all stirred up. I can't believe they said that. You just work it up, churn it up, churn it, churn it churn. You better watch it because you're listening to the voice of a devil. Call it what it is. If the devil, listen, if the thought comes to you, I don't think I'm going to make it. That's demonic. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if technically that's a devil or not. It's demonic in nature. Call it what it is. Those thoughts are not the thoughts, because I go to the next one, i tell you what you're supposed to be thinking. Those are not godly thoughts. Those are not the thoughts that God says about you, so they're demonic. Well, it's just kind of the way I think. We're just a negative family. Well, you better change your way of thinking, or you're not going to make it. I don't care if you've got... If you got a pride, you know, like a, 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 you're proud of it and you've got a, a deal up, we are a negative family, have been for generations. Great, 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 great grandma was negative. I don't care. You got to break it. You can't just say, well, everybody in our family's been grumpy. It, it doesn't work that way. All right? You have got to deal with your thoughts and call it what it is. It's a devil. Now, you have a thought like, Lord, how do I put this screw in that hole? That's just the thought, right? But if you're trying to put the screw in the hole and the thought comes to you, you know, you'll never be able to do this. You always were a clumsy fool. That's demonic. As Christians, we're not called to God didn't give you a spirit of fear. God didn't give you a spirit to listen to that. God didn't give you ears to hear that. But when you're hearing God, I hate to tell you, but you can also hear the devil. The fourth one is Philippians 4 8. This is what the scripture tells us. We're supposed to be thinking of Bonnie, my brother. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything out there praiseworthy, meditate on these or think on these. Paul tells us what we're supposed to be thinking. Because what I'm telling you, folks, how many of y'all noticed? If you. If you were to sit down and listen to the news. Really any news. Okay, And if you can make it through 30 minutes of listening to the news and not either be angry or depressed, you weren't listening. You were watching something else. You weren't listening because it's not good. A lot of times when I'm working up in the shop, I'll just put on uh, Pandora radio. But I'm having to quit listening to it because I don't, I'm too cheap to pay for the free of ads. And so I have to listen to the ads that, you know, it's this, this matters, get vaccinated, do this, you know, this is happening. They're, they're bombarding it with ads. And I'm like, what does that have to do with listening to country music? It doesn't have anything to do with it. They just know they can possibly get me. So they wanna come in there and needle me and needle me and needle me, hammer me, hammer me, till finally they think maybe I'll break. Well, see, I just don't break, I just turn it off. But listen to me, the world's not. So they're not thinking on these things. They're not thinking on what's good and lovely and of a good report. Number five, Matthew 16, 23. This is Jesus speaking. He and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you're an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. The fifth thing is, is you can't get caught up in this world, in the thinking of this world. Now, listen to me. How many of you would admit that you've ever had maybe a, a friend who doesn't think exactly like you think? And they brought up a point and began to try to, like, argue that point with you. And you kind of, just for a moment, maybe you just like, uh, well, oh, I kind of see where they're coming from. Some of y'all, oh, didn't I tell them stupid idiot, shut up, ain't listening to you. See, there are there, there's there's multiple different kinds of crazies out there. You know, you have just the the ones that are just beyond bizarre. They're over there in that category. You know, you can't even understand, like like the con- the councilman arguing about we shouldn't have cops while they steal the car right in front of him. You, you know, so. You just said to like, who wants to listen to you? You don't know what you're talking about. You lost your car. And it was in a seven and an 11-year-old kid that stole the car. And they didn't catch him. They took it to the chop shop, chopped it up. He grabbed hold of the car, drug him halfway down the block before he finally turned loose. And then got up, brushed himself off, and said, well, if the cops would have been here, it wouldn't have done any good anyway. So some people just Beyond bizarre, already gone over to ignorance, gone to seed, and stupid done taken over, and ain't nothing you can do about it. But we can't get caught up in listening to their argument. You can't get caught up in the things of the world. You cannot be an offense to God. You got to remember, because the first one was God has to be number one. So you want to live your life that's pleasing to Him. So you can't get caught up in this argument going to the, I'm not going to argue about it. The Bible's true. It didn't change. It is what it is. And that's the end of the story. If you don't like it, then there's no sense in us talking about it. I'm not giving. I'm not yielding. I'm not giving up a little. All right? Now, in Luke eight eleven is a parable of the sower. You know the story of the sower. The sower sows the seed, You know and they fall on different grounds. Well, it says that the one that falls amongst the thorns, it says uh, that the that that they they, they get, to get to be choked out because of the riches and the pleasures of this life. They bring no fruit to maturity. That's what happens to them. That the, the pleasures of this life trying to trying to adopt. Listen to me. You can go get caught up in a in, and I. I hear me don't i, I just almost other than i grabbed that word and sucked it back in my mouth real quick because i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to it's not offend you but i i, I just want to make sure there's clarity here don't jump off the channel say so you're never listen to me again when i say this word but don't you can't just be if you go out there and you get into the prepper world and you're going to prep for the end times you're gonna forget something. How many of you have ever packed a camper to just go on a camping trip, and when you got there, you forgot something? Okay? You cannot be totally prepared for every scenario. My point is, you can't be prepared, but you can be prepared for every scenario with your relationship with Jesus. So if you wanna be a prepper, we gotta prep for Jesus. Then whatever he tells you to do after that, you go do whatever you want to go do. But don't get caught up in the things of this world. Don't get it. Don't go down that rabbit hole because it's just like it gets into you and it just gets up. You need to be sitting at the throne of Jesus. You need to be like Mary, hanging on to Jesus and Lord, what do we want me to do? And then you hear that and you act on that. And you'll always find peace. Six. Number six. Second Corinthians 418. While we do not look at the things that you're seeing, but at the things that you're not seeing. For the things that you're seen are temporary, but the things that you're not seen are eternal. Listen to me, this is a walk of faith. How many of y'all would like to win the lotto, just have them deposit 300 million dollars in your bank account, and then you didn't have to worry about anything anymore. But is that true? Is it true? Just think about it for a minute. You may have finances there, but that didn't do anything for your health. Didn't do anything for your marriage. May, may end it. Mama said, I've been putting up you for a long time, and I'm getting out of here, fool. And you can live here in the house. I just will half. have. You give me my $100 I'm gone. Hello? See, a lot of times we think and we dream about things that we think, oh, if, I, if that just happened, then I would have, have security. Folks, listen to me. Your security has to be in your walk of faith. And you can create your world by walking in faith. That's not imagining something that's impossible. No, that's taking the word of God and the promises of God, that he says he's got you by his strong right arm. That there's no weapon that's ever been forged, ever been created in hell that can overcome you. And you taking that word and saying, Lord, I can I, okay, I believe that you, if, if I give my life to you and I trust you, that then you're going to do that for me. That's called the walk of faith. Because I don't see him, I just see his word. And there's no way around it. Listen to me, you cannot be a Christian and not walk in faith. Oh, that faith stuff, I don't believe it. I believe it when I see it. You've got the wrong doctrine. You're in the wrong church. It's a walk of faith. It's getting up in the morning and saying, God, I thank you that you're with me. And if you don't feel like he's with you, it doesn't make any difference. How you feel. It only makes a difference on what do you believe? You say, well, pastor, that's that's crazy talk. No, it's not. It's called biblical faith. It's called taking what the scripture says about you and believe in that, the God who said it will back it up. Now, people get themselves in trouble because they think, oh, well, okay, well, then I'm going to go jump off a building and God will save me. No, even Jesus himself said, don't tempt the Lord. All right? So, I mean, you can't keep eating rat poison every day and then believe in God to save you. He may save you once, jerk you up, slap you in the face and say, quit eating the rat poison. All right. Number seven. Joshua 1.8. I know you know this one, but the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Number seven here is you have to take time to be with him. Now, listen to me. It's not about setting aside hours and hours for you to sit there and meditate. What it's about is taking every moment of your day and putting Jesus right in the middle of it. I've said this before. I don't pray longer than about 10 minutes. That may shock you but I don't ever pray longer than about 10 minutes, but I don't let 10 minutes go by that I don't pray. In other words, I never quit talking to Jesus. It may be serious things, looking at things saying, Lord, how do I do that? But I'm going to be in communication all day long. i want to have him in the middle of everything that I'm doing. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the simplest project, or whatever is taking place or i'm just sitting there in a chair looking at a red bird outside thinking lord man you look how cool you made that bird or driving down the road in traffic and somebody's in my way and i had to say god bless that person in front of me (laughs) but he's involved in everything And there's no excuse. You say, "Well, I'm so busy. I just got to give the morning." No, because you take all of your thoughts. You focus them towards work, going out there doing that. Because maybe you're building your kingdom. Maybe something else. One of these other points is going on with you. The devil's got you. He's whispering to you. He's talking to you. You're just running. You got all these thoughts, and you say, "I don't really have time." Then I'm so, I'm so exhausted. (sighs) So exhausted. I just got to go home, turn on the TV, and veg out because I'm so exhausted. Yeah, because you've been running your brain crazy all day long, letting the devil whip you around, thinking all these thoughts going on, going on, going on, going on. And you haven't stopped to even take time to say, Jesus, what do you think about what's going on today? You've got to meditate on God's word and what he does. It's so simple. There's so many devices, so many ways to do it. My phone is full of hundreds of scriptures. I take them. Every time I'm reading my Bible, I see one I like. I copy it. I paste it, flip it over there in notes. I categorize them. Then I go over there if I'm having, I got bad day scriptures. You know, I got happy scriptures. You can get the web. You can go to the app, the phone, the waterhole app. And I've got them listed in there. You don't even have to look them up. I'm telling you, we. I mean, if you go to the app and you go through, look into the app and you go through all the stuff that's in there, I'm going to stand before heaven and say, Lord, I had the app. They didn't want, they didn't do it, Lord. They didn't look. We had it all designed. It's their fault, right there. Don't go. Oh, that ain't on me. He's going to say, I, I know, wrong. I mean, we got the Bible, we got the Word, we got the confessions, we got this, we got that. I mean, there's no reason not to. But you know why you don't? Because you're sitting in there listening to a devil. Okay, how about this one? Starting today, why don't why don't you calculate the amount of time you worry, or fret, or are fearful, or have any anxiety? All right, just measure that time and give Jesus the same amount. You say, "Well, I can't. I wouldn't have any time to do anything." The time that we spend complaining, if we would have just taken that time to focus on Jesus, then the, whatever we were complaining about would have been taken care of and we wouldn't need to complain about it anymore. Amen. But we like to listen to devils. Y'all yeah, don't like that too much when I keep saying that. I keep seeing y'all's faces. Yeah. <laughs> that lips coming up over on the side. Number eight, Hebrews eleven twenty-four. Hebrews eleven twenty-four speaking about moses here and it says by faith moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin Esteemed the reproaches of christ greater riches than the treasures in egypt for he looked to the reward the last thing is folks you have to understand something I look to eternity. I look and I know there's a reward. I know there is a hereafter. I know that Jesus is coming back. I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that when you get to heaven, it makes a difference what you did on this earth. I'm looking to the reward. I'm looking to getting on the white horse with Jesus and coming back. I'm looking to have a rod in my hand and catch a fool running down a cinder. I mean, I am just, I am, Revelation 19, 14 is my, one of my favorite scriptures. We're coming back with Jesus. I'm looking for the reward. I'm looking to live in for eternity there. I'm looking to get a new body, tall one. You know, you don't have many people come to me that have never seen, they've only listened to me on the broadcast and never seen me, and they walk up to me and they go, oh, you're Robert, I, I thought you'd have been taller. I said, it's because that's who I am. That's the spirit on the inside of me is big, shoved into the body. That's why I have bulges, okay? Because my spirit is taller than my body. But there's a reward, and I'm looking forward to the reward. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to this exciting life on the other side. All right? You gotta understand, there is a reward. You know how, what's funny is like, like, you know, in the younger days, you, 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 you were, if you were dieting, you were like, the reward was getting into your skinny clothes. And then as you get older, you don't care, right? You just wanna be in comfortable clothes, forget it. I resolve the fact that it ain't gonna look good anymore. The shock of things going on in my bodies. Why I can grow hair everywhere, except where I want it to grow. And, and, and why you just wake up one morning and you just have old man skin on your arms. You're like, what is going on here? I don't understand it. I don't understand how I could just deteriorate overnight. It's not right and it's not fair. As we get older and wiser, we should get stronger. All right, so let me just finish with this. I've said enough, and y'all are all ready to go eat fajitas. <laughs> Psalms 1-1, I'm going to leave you with this one. Psalms 1-1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. That is the gold you need to put in front of you right there. You need to walk, wake up every day and say, I'm a blessed man because I'm not gonna walk in the council of the ungodly. I'm not listening to devils today. I'm not gonna sit with the sinners. I'm not gonna talk with them. I'm not gonna go down that road because I love to meditate on your law. I love your word, Lord. I want to meditate day and night, and so therefore, I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season. My leaf isn't going to weather, man. I want to have some good producing fruit. That's what you need to be confessing, that everything you put your hand to prospers because this is the man or the woman that you are. Not listening to some devil tell you trash. You mean trash talk by a devil. I said that was the last one. I want to give you one more. Isaiah 26.3, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you want perfect peace in your mind, you have to trust in the Lord. Amen. And folks, it's time for us as Christians to wake up and say, listen, what you're doing and what you're saying is wrong. I'm sorry, it is never gonna prosper. Amen. All right? It's not gonna prosper. You're you're crazy liberal ideas are not going to prosper it hasn't prospered wouldn't it be great if they did an experiment i hope this one happens i hope texas succeeds i hope we set up our own own deal i hope we put the ten commandments back into school we have prayer back in public school just just make school like it used to be, you know, when I was in school, and just have kids teach kids moral values, teach kids good things, and 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 teach, hold up in front of them what's right. Get people in front of them, like Roy Rogers. Some of y'all don't even know who that is, but I mean, you know, somebody like you know that that's going to be a, a person that you could look at and say that's a good man. Where again, the the guy fights for the woman loads her up on a horse and rides off into the sunset, OK, where things can be good. And then try that experiment for a while and give us about 10 years and watch what happens. Let the rest of them go do whatever they want to. Let them go out there and just be whatever. Hmm. And I'll tell you what, they're going to be wanting to do what we want to do because it's going to work. Because I'm telling you what, it, gospel works. And when people don't want to adhere to it, you're going to get chaos. And so the only only real issue I'm having with everything is I keep getting irritated because they keep causing my walk to be more difficult because they keep throwing stumbling blocks in front of it and I have to keep jumping over them and I'm tired of it, you know, like Lumber prices are high, material prices are high, and everything's high, and it's all because you're, they're idiots. So, I'm having to ask the Lord to help me, because I don't want to think like that. I don't want to get angry. I don't want to be angry about all that. I said, Lord, show me what to do. Have the oil well come in the backyard, whatever, take care of it, uranium deposit in my yard or something, a meteor just fall from the sky and hit out there, and i us go harvest it. Okay. That's your job for the week. Eight points. You apply them. I guarantee you're going to have success. You're going to be able to walk into the future and not even be worried about anything. Say, I don't. I have miracles happen to me. Just give me a pot. Just if I've got one bean, I've got enough because God will multiply. It. Buzzard will show up at my window. That'd be pretty rough, wouldn't it? (laughs) But if that's what the Lord did, I always thought that because a raven in those days is just like a buzzard. So the buzzards fed him, you know, by the brook. Hopefully I get to go to the widow's house that the oil and the the mill won't run empty, you know. But anyway, amen. Stand to your feet if you would. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to do it. Look at the person beside you and say, you've got the goods to do it. Amen. Well, everybody out there watching and everybody in here, can I have some prayer team people come down, please? Listen, if you're out there and you've watched this message and you're thinking, man, this guy's nuts. Well, if my presentation was rough on you today, forgive me. But listen, if you stay tuned in to this point, you've got to know Jesus will change your life. Jesus changed my life. He came into me. He grabbed me from the middle of, the, of literally the pig pen of life and jerked me out of it and he saved me and I love him with all of my heart. And he changed my life, and he'll change yours. All you have to do is call upon him. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life, to act, to be repentant of your sin and say, Jesus, I want you to be a part of my life. Come into my life, and he will, right where you are, right there in your home, right there in your car, that you're, where if you're driving, listening, he'll touch you right there. So just call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you're in here today, and you're not sure if you're saved, you're not sure that if... You know, if, if the meteor hit outside right now and you died, you'd go to heaven. Uh, you're not sure. Well, then don't leave the building. Hear me. These are not days to be messing around. Don't leave the building. Come up here to one of these awesome people and they'll pray with you and help you and lead you to Jesus. Assure inside of your heart that you're right with God. Know and get to meet him in a, in a special way that you can walk out of here fully confident, that if you died, you're going to heaven. That's important. That's important. So if you're here with a friend and you're not sure the friend knows Jesus, man, don't leave before you ask. Come on. Don't walk out of that building. But I want to bless you because I want to tell you something. I believe that y'all are overcomers. I believe you're more than conquerors. I believe y'all have the ability to apply these eight points to your life. And when deceptions arise, you just go. (laughs) Devil comes to you and starts to speak. Say, shut up, devil. I don't want to listen to you. Don't come over and trash talk me and walk in victory, amen? Amen. So, Father, I pray over every person here. I pray over every person watching and listening. Lord, bless them this day. Lord, where they've had chains and yokes upon their lives and listening to, they become professional listeners to the voice of the devil. I declare today that chain is broken. I declare they hear the voice of the Spirit of God. They begin to walk in the Spirit because they begin to apply the Word of God to their life. And so, Lord, bless them this day. I declare that victory is theirs. I declare no longer they're going to walk in depression. No longer they're going to walk in in, in negative thoughts. But to Today, Lord God, the devil has been exposed. Today, he has been revealed, and that his power is broken because his lies cannot overcome the word of the living God. So, today, I declare there is victory in the hearts of the people, and they walk out this day in giant, great, awesome success with you. And Lord, I praise you for that. Bless them now, Lord. And Lord, we thank you again as we celebrate this Memorial Day. For the lives that have been given, the lives that have served to see that we walk in freedom. And Lord, we're going to continue to walk in freedom in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.